GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. We can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and joining me, we got the full crew here. We got Sphinx. Yo, 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 what up? We got Hovercraft Joe. Yo, 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 what up? <laughs> oh, should I say what I should have done? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted. I was just. I wanted to do it. It sounded fun. It was. Hello, my friends. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? <laughs> no. no. It's me, Jean-Claude. Get out of here, Jean Claude. You're not even in this movie. But I have no place else to go. <laughs> there is way too much Jean Claude in my life right now. Okay. <laughs> way too much. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we are here today. It's <laughs> about. To talk about the Delta Force, which I always assumed it was just called Delta Force. In fact, so much that when I went to watch it, I had to double check with LBJ. I'm like, is it called the Delta Force? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, that's it. Because I I had no idea. I don't know about you guys. I know it's a little detail, but I was shocked to find out that it was the Delta Force. I mean, I wasn't shocked, but I I thought it was called Delta Force. Yeah. Yeah. it was very confusing to me. But anyway, so Delta Force, uh, our good friend Chuck Norris, uh, release so date on... We oh, should probably talk about first how we picked this movie, because, <laughs> because essentially it went like this. It's like, hey, why don't we do another Chuck, why don't we do another, uh, Chuck Norris movie? They're, uh, no, 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 no you're crazy. still wrong. Oh, sorry, no, 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 you're still wrong. Just Remember, I, I shared that, that post that oh, I saw that, online. Oh, that's right, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> So, so I was on Twitter and I found a post that said that Chuck Norris had died. So oh, right. I was like, oh my God, no, Chuck Norris is dead. But then, but then I went online to confirm and it was fake. And then there, the, the account that said that Chuck Norris was dead sent out a second tweet a few minutes later that said that actually Chuck Norris beat up COVID-19 and the virus itself is in a 14-day quarantine against <laughs> Chuck Norris. God dang it. <laughs> so you're, so you're, then I'm like, well, we got to watch a Chuck Norris movie again. Yeah, and so then we're like, all right, well, let's do uh, Machine Missing in Action. Like, we're, like nah, we don't, want, we don't feel like paying for it. So we're like, what's up? What's available for free? So the you're Delta saying Force. I I have a tweet and Amazon Prime to blame for having to watch this movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly okay. Right. I just want to know where to squarely place my blame. That's all. I just want to. <laughs> yes. I didn't. I, okay. I didn't remember that exactly. But, but um, I will also say, though, like I had heard that Delta Force was the best of the Chuck Norris movies. So I had hope going into it. Especially after the train wreck of Invasion USA well, that we and, watched. And I will agree with you like that I had never seen this, but I had heard of it. Like I assumed that it was like the, the crown jewel in the in the Chuck Norris pantheon. You know, it's like you hear it and you're like, Oh yeah, Delta Force. I know that's a Chuck Norris movie. Yeah, like like this and Missing in Action are the two that I think of. Oh that that and, and uh King Solomon's Mine. Those are the only three that I think of for Chuck Norris. Well, and Top Dog. <laughs> Top dog. Nice. No sidekicks? 
could have gone with sidekicks. Man, uh, right, let's let's agree right now, Sphinx. Next time LBJ is not on the show, we're going to do a string of movies <laughs> where it's humans with dog partners. So we'll do Turner and Hooch, we'll do Top Dog, and we'll figure out one other one to do. That sounds perfect. Um, so anyways, The Delta Force, uh, re- release date, February 14th, 1986, so all those uh, Valentine's Day dates. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> can just imagine 1986, sitting in my Camaro with my T-tops down in February, going, hey babe, happy Valentine's Day, let's go <laughs> check out The Delta Force. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, budget on this movie, $10 million. Which seems um, like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Did you really- see the second half of this movie? It's <laughs> probably pretty accurate. Uh, and then a gross, I could only find a domestic gross on this, um, which I, I could, yeah, a, a 17 million. So not, not a rousing success. I can't imagine this would play well overseas. No, not at all. <laughs> no, you don't think this no. would be, this would no. be a great title in Europe or the Middle East? No, it's definitely not a film. Not a film they show on airplanes. <laughs> um, so a um, and this uh, this is the most believable thing so far. A Rotten Tomatoes on this of eighteen yep. percent, um, and an audience score of forty nine percent. So well, that that actually seems believable. Yeah, that seems that that seems about right to me. Yeah, um, I think it's it's something we can talk about probably near the end. But yeah, yeah the forty nine percent. This movie definitely panders to <laughs> a certain group of people. Um. So okay, top grossing movies of nineteen eighty six. Um, number one is one that you guys have done, Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, number two, Crocodile Dundee. Uh, That's number two. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes they're a little different. I always do my uh, top grossing movies for the um, in-year release. I don't do, like, the calendar year, like, calendar, like, oh, is out for this from this month to this month. I just do the in-year release. Anyways, yeah. uh, and number three was Platoon. Um, yeah. Now, we, or you and us, actually, both these movies were before my time on the podcast. Uh, number seven from 86 was Aliens. Um, number 71 was Big Trouble in Little China, and this movie, Delta Force, came in fifth, which I thought was astounding. Uh, 50th, sorry, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> a rough year. Slow year. <laughs> 50th, I am sorry. So it beat Big Trouble in Little China. That's crazy um, to me. Yeah, but again, it might have to do with like when it was released in the year, and, yeah, and you know, like. Big, this big is a Valentine's tra- Day hit, man. Yeah. yeah, so this came, yeah, so, but anyways, uh, yeah, uh, and then I guess the, the close out kind of my, my numbers here, I only, I mean, like, obviously this movie's old, and I feel like everybody in it is old, so I only did the uh, net worth for Chuck Norris, because as you know, I don't do net worth for people that have passed away, um, so, and we've done this before, but obviously it was a while ago, do you guys have any uh, guesses at the net worth of Chuck Norris? 20 million. Okay. Oh, I think it's like fifty million. It's seventy million. All right. So, dude's got the money, man. It's not did... Texas Ranger money, man. That's yeah. true. He, you know, and he works constantly. Like he hasn't stopped working. I was gonna say, does he still make movies? I think so. Well, I, no. I mean, now I think maybe he retired, but up until well, because like, he's fucking old now, isn't he? He's eighty-three. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he can't be doing much more movies at 83, at least not up to his caliber. If he was doing, like, 
Clint Eastwood style movies right now. Let me see. He's don't, 80 years old. Yeah, he's 80. Don't, geez, don't forget about his great cameo in uh, Dodgeball. That is a great oh, yeah. cameo. Thumbs up. Um, Which anyway. I, want, I want to say as well, that man does not age, does he? Uh, <laughs> no, well, you know what? He's just now starting to look like he's aging. Oh, okay. Well, he's 80. Well, I, mean, I know, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like, now, like, he's just now getting to the point where he looks like he's starting to age. Yeah. Last <laughs> movie he did was Expendables 2. Yeah. 2012. Oh, shoot. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that he yeah, was I knew, and he Yeah, um, I knew he retired, like, shortly after that. Okay. And even that, he might have retired prior to that and was just a special guest. <laughs> Apparently, he did a TV show last year called Chuck Norris's Epic Guide to Military Vehicles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for Networks. I mean, I'm not confident that all the other... But some of the main stars I don't think are famous, and the other ones I think are probably passed on since they were old in this movie. I know that Lee Marvin's dead for sure. Lee Marvin's so, dead. Robert Forster just died. Yeah. He um, did. He was like 91, I think I saw. Yeah. No, I don't think he was that old because he was in uh, he was in Breaking Bad and he died shortly before the finale. Oh, you're right. I'm mixing him up with uh, George Kennedy. George Kennedy was like 91. That's right. Yeah, George yeah. Kennedy was. But yeah, I'm sure Joey Bishop's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, McKelty Williamson was in this. Who? Uh, Bubba Gump. Oh, is that? That's He's really? Yeah, it's those Liam Neeson. I what? did see that Liam Neeson. I didn't catch either of those. I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch. Oh, uh, did I catch McKelty Williamson? No, I didn't. Yeah, no, I don't remember seeing either of them. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways, so that's that's it. That's it for my numbers for this one. Not not, not anything else, like I said, because there, there weren't a lot of people to do networks for. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can do we just want to quickly go over the rest of the cast there? Because there's a couple yeah. other things I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that this is this is a loaded cast. It's a loaded cast, and I'm sure you have quite a bit just because of the historical significance of this. Yeah. Because there's not really a lot I want to talk about involving the movie itself. Yeah, the plot's <laughs> a little rough. Uh, but but Hovercraft Joe did mention Lee Marvin, yeah. which this is the last movie he did. Mm-hmm. And Marvin's famous for the Dirty Dozen, which is what I knew him from. Yeah, and and a bunch of stuff like he did a. Ton oh of yeah, Western. he's big with westerns and other war movies. Sure. But yeah. I, I'm not big into like I'm not not that I'm not big into him. I just haven't watched a lot of more classic westerns and war no, movies. He's essentially like like Clint Eastwood before Clint Eastwood. Yeah, this was the last movie he made. Did they show him a cut of this movie, and that's what did him in? <laughs> could have, yeah, could have been because he looks uninterested in this movie. Let me well, just. And here's say. the thing. Here's the thing too. We'll get into a little more, but he's. I don't know how old he was in real life, but he was so old. I'm like, would they have somebody that old like in the field, like <laughs> serving as a general in the action? I'm like, yeah, and not only in the action, but the Delta Force, which is like <laughs> one of the most professional groups in the world. They've got yeah, they're looking out this old man, <laughs> like. <laughs> Old man is just Lee Marvin running around like out in the field shooting a machine gun and stuff. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. That's okay. A little bit of a pop quiz. Uh, do you know who Lee Marvin is related to? War related. They're they're war related. Yeah. Patton. Uh, M- Marvin. M- no, I got nothing. His first name's a big hint. Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. He is related to. That's wow. unfortunate. 
Yep. And uh, I guess Lee Marvin, though, was a Marine. He actually he has a Purple Heart. He was shot twice. Who? He was shot by machine gun fire wow. and got hit in the foot by a sniper. Wow. All right. I know, right? Crazy. And then he actually he has an Oscar. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, for a comedy western, Cat Baloo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never seen the movie, but I know my dad enjoys that movie. I've heard of it. Well, apparently won an Oscar for it. Cool. So <laughs> I also found out that he's a very that he was a very attached Democrat and opposed the war in Vietnam. So I just find that interesting because that's complete opposite of Chuck Norris. Well, which we'll get into. <laughs> yes, we will. This movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Martin Balsam. Did you guys, did we talk about him yet? I can't remember if we mentioned him briefly. I don't uh, think so. No, but. I don't think so. No. So he was one of, he was the, one of the, the one of the balding Jewish guys that was captured into the front of the plane. Yeah. But I knew him. He's in Psycho, and then he's also in Twelve Angry Men. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. he's Jewish in real life. And then we mentioned Joey Bishop. Joey Bishop from the Rat Pack. Yep. With Harry Goldman, uh, Kim Delaney was the cute nun. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and I guess she's big for NYPD Blue. She actually won an Emmy on yes. that show. Yep. Yeah, and I didn't realize that show was on for like nine years. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, oh yeah, it was on for a long time. It was, and it was one of those ones where they just kept changing, like like the main character. Like they had David Caruso and uh, I think Jimmy Mark Spitz, Paul Gosselaar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we we mentioned Robert Forster, yeah, uh, which, who I, is who is our our villain? I guess we'll call. Him. I don't so know if villain is the right name. Miscast in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh Because Robert Forster is playing as Abdul Rafi. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Shelley Winters, who is the sister, who is a famous comedic actress, uh, who is the sister of Jonathan Winters, who I don't know if either of you know who Jonathan Winters is, but he was a very funny, like old vaudevillian comedian. Okay. I mean, the name sounds familiar, but I couldn't, you know, just other than recognizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got Lainey Kazan. Uh, who Kazan. I just remembered, Kazan, thank you. I just noticed her from, she's in my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, she's the But mom. she's not Greek. She's Jewish. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then George Kennedy is the last one I had, who was the priest in the movie. And I just, he's he also has an Oscar for Cool Hand Luke, which is a movie I've always wanted to see and never have. Never seen it. But that. then he's also, uh, he's, he's a he's Frank, Yeah, he's Frank Drebin's partner in uh, Naked Gun. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? Because that's funny because he did look super familiar to me. And I'm like, what else has he been in? I mean, I could have looked it up, but I didn't. But that, that makes yeah. complete sense now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, the other thing we can bring up, which we don't need to talk about in full detail because we mentioned it on the Invasion USA episode, but the movie is directed by Menahem Golan, and then it's produced by him and Yoram Globus. And again, those two are pretty much the creators of what is the canon group, which is these B, these B action movies. Well, they that cre- started in the 70s and then moved up into, I think it was even the mid-90s. Yeah, well, they didn't create the canon group. They, they were just the biggest part of it, I guess. They bought the canon group um, okay. and then turned it into what everybody knows as the canon group. So Got they it. basically started making these real low-budget action films pandered to a certain audience that either were not released in theaters uh, or had very, very limited release and did all their business um, on, on the VHS market. 
Yeah, which I was trying to look up and couldn't find because that that kind of doesn't fit. This movie does not fit that. So I no. wonder if this was like their attempt to go mainstream and yes. then it just didn't work out. Well, yeah, they did the truck. All of the the Chuck Norris films were kind of their tentpole. So like Missing in Action was going to be um, one of their main releases. This was. Uh, Invasion USA, I think, was also, but I don't know if it actually did. Do we talk about that? Did it get released in the theaters? I don't remember or not. I don't I think, remember. It did, it was I very think it, yeah, I think it did, but it was very, very limited yeah, from what I remember. Chuck Norris was kind of their their star, and the first in whatever series of movies he was doing is the ones they would release in theaters, and then all the releases after that were straight to DVD or CD or VHS. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I guess the last thing we can talk about before we kind of get more into the movie and then we can talk a little bit about the parallels to real events. Um, But the music is by Alan Silvestri, which just blows my mind because (laughs) Silvestri is one of our most famous movie uh, soundtrack writers of all time. Yeah, and TV. So we're, I mean, Avengers, Back to the Future, Forrest Gump. And, and this soundtrack is, in my opinion, a pile of shit. It's garbage. It is one I mean, song I, over and over again. Yeah, I think he literally was taking a shit in his bathroom, came up with the jingle in his head, and just, that was it. He was done. Because, like you said, the, it, the same theme just plays over and over again, easily 50 times, right? Yeah. Easily. I gotta be honest. Like the first time they play it, I was kind of like, "Yeah," I was like, "I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like this." I, I'm, I'm down with it. But then, like the next two thousand times they kept using it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sick of this song!" Like at first, like I think they played over the credits, and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "This has got a good beat," and I'm kind of into it. But then, like by the end, I'm like, "Just stop." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, LPJ, you have a little sample of it, right? Yep. Here we go. All right. It's essentially that that over and over and over. <laughs> Even the song itself is super repetitive. And then they repeat the repetitive song over and over and over again. Which a yeah. little behind the scenes, Hovercraft Joe and I didn't have to listen to it just now because it was playing <laughs> through LPJ. And I'll tell you right now, I am so grateful that I didn't have to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I, re- I really, I really took a bullet for you guys. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, really sorry you had to do that for us. Yeah, it's very, it's like you said, it's very surprising coming from Alan Silvestri, who, like you said, is like yeah. top three, probably most famous like film composers of all time. Yeah, and, and like this is straight trash. And and for some people, not 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 me, but for some people, this song might sound really really familiar. Because did you guys catch where they used this song? 
I did not know. This song was the music theme for Indy 500 and NASCAR races for like 15 years straight. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say, I've never watched an Indy or NASCAR race in my only, life. And the only reason why they stopped using it is because it switched television networks. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> so apparently uh, the, 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 the Formula One, IndyCar, and NASCAR people must love the Delta Force soundtrack as well. So maybe, maybe <laughs> we're the minority here. I don't know. But. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. So, well, yeah. So do we, we talk? <laughs> do we talk about this movie? Well, I think maybe we, let's go back. Let's talk. Let's let's set this movie up. So this movie was made for a specific purpose. Yep. There was a. So get, let's get into the history of it. I'll let you do that. Let's get into the history of it first, and we'll talk about why this movie was made. So the movie, which I'm surprised they don't make any mention of it, unless I missed it, but it is roughly based on true events. So uh, in 1976, uh, this event pretty much happened. There was a plane that was hijacked, um, but uh, the players are a little bit different. So it was a Israeli plane uh, that was on its way to Paris from Tel Aviv and it did have a stopover in Athens, um, but then it got hijacked by the Popular Front for Liberation of Palestine, the External Operation. It's a hell of a name there. Um, and so they hijacked this plane. They redirected it to Benghazi, where in the movie they redirect it to Algiers. And then from Benghazi, it actually goes to, and I might say it wrong, en- Enabe? Is that... Antibay or yeah, which is the airport in Uganda, and uh, Uganda uh, is a Muslim country, and at the time they had a dictator uh, that was in charge there that actually supported and welcomed the hijackers uh, to their country. And, and this popular front for liberation, I found out too, I kind of was digging further down into things. They are a very, very radical group uh, in support of Palestine, so much so that the PLO, the Palestine Liberation Organization, which is probably the most famous of all the groups, uh, did not support them and did not want to be a part of them and actually condemned uh, this hijacking that happened in real life. And, I mean, besides that, kind of the events that happened in the film also kind of happened. On the plane, they looked through passports and separated uh, Jewish people from non-Jewish people. Uh, They let go of some people, but held others, held some in the city. And so there was an operation called Operation Entebbe or, or Operation Thunderbolt. Uh, and it was carried out by the Israeli defensive force, whereas in the film, you know, it is the Delta Force, which is, I think it was a branch of the U.S. Army. Is that what the Delta Force is? I believe so. Or is it the Marines? I think it's the Army. Yeah. It's the Army. Yeah. And so, but this was done by the Israeli defensive force. And so that's kind of the, the background here. So they just essentially made a movie heavily based off of the events that happened uh, 10 years prior. Well, partially. And then... It actually it it was resolved based on negotiations. 
So yeah. there was no bloodshed uh, as far as the actual operation itself goes. They resolved it with uh, negotiating with the terrorists, and they don't know yeah. exactly what happened, but it involves – I think Reagan was involved. And, yeah, that sounds about right. And, um, and they don't know exactly what happened or what ended up – what they talked about, but the hostages were released, and then a few months later – over, I think it was over like 400 different terrorist groups that were held captive, 400 different terrorism, terrorists that were held captive were released. And um, so Chuck Norris is a big proponent of military action. And so he wanted to write a movie or be, or be in a movie about this event if uh but instead of with negotiations if they would have solved it with military action yeah like an alternate reality so it's like an alternate reality where this is what he would have done if he was in charge is essentially what this movie is yep which makes sense considering how the movie goes i will say though so there i mean there was a rescue operation that was successful yes it just there there wasn't the bloodshed at all I mean, a couple of people did die. So actually, one of the people, one of the um, the Israeli Defensive Force members that died is, I'm going to get this name wrong as well, but it, it's Yonatan uh, Netanyahu, which if that last name sounds familiar at all, uh, his brother is Benjamin Netanyahu, Netanyahu who, is, who is the prime minister of Israel right now. Right. So his brother was actually killed in action for this operation. So, huh. yeah. Yeah, so this movie so, has a lot of history to it, despite the fact that it's kind of trash. <laughs> yep. And that's, you know, that's, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. The movie is, is trash. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go through the plot then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll say, I, I mean, the the first half of this movie is, I, I don't even know how to describe, it's just, it's just boring. It's yeah, it's, it's very, going. It's slow. Yeah. This is a very slow movie in the beginning. Yeah, it, it goes through the hijack, how the hijack was done. Like, you get to know a little bit about the people that were on the plane. And there's just a lot of, like, it just seemed unnecessary, the details they were trying to use. Yeah. Um, for that first half of the movie. And, and I yeah. usually like details, and I think you guys probably do too, when it helps move the plot along. But these well, details that we see in the first half of this movie don't move any plot along. Yeah. And, and it, the funny thing is that I kept thinking is like, I was thinking back to our Invasion USA episode and how we were like, huh, it seems like they cut a lot out of this movie and that like really, we don't really don't get any like character or plot stuff. And it's like they just left in the action. And I feel like this is the movie if they leave in all the stuff that's not just action. And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, the first hour of this movie, nothing happens. No. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I mean, we... felt long. This was, it was 129 minutes. It feels like 129 minutes. Yeah, because that first, like you said, the first hour is literally like it opens, there's like a cold open kind of like introducing uh, Delta Force 
in like 1980 and like but the, I still don't really know what was going on in that opening scene like an operation went south and like stuff was blowing up and Chuck Norris saved a guy from a helicopter like but then after that it's just like you said like this painstakingly detail by detail account of like what happened with the hijacking and who's on the plane and I it was it was tough <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm trying to think to myself, like, like how some of it could have been justifiable, but it really isn't because I feel like it, it doesn't, it doesn't project the way, at least that to me, it didn't project the way I think maybe they were going for. Like, I think like a scene where the scene where, where, um, the, the main terrorist, uh, Rafi discovers, or I think it was Rafi's, uh, helper sidekick whatever discovers that ring in hebrew yeah and then that leads him to want to look for all the passports to find out you know who are the jewish people on board like you know that could have been a lot more emotionally attached scene there could have been a lot more conversation between you know conflict between you know you know, Muslims versus Jews in the Middle East at this time period and all that kind of stuff. But just none of it really hits the the way you, you wanted it to, to, to show that emotion and that feeling of what was going on at the moment. Like, like they were being hijacked and it just didn't feel like a hijack. Does that kind of sound weird? Yeah, no, I guess? no, it doesn't sound weird. I mean, it's like, you know, had I not read a little bit about the history of this, I wouldn't have understood that this particular terrorist group had a thing against Jewish, the Jewish, you know, people, the Jewish uh, faith. And um, so like when it, when you see it in the movie, it's like, okay, I guess he's going to go after the Jews now. You know, I didn't really understand what his point was. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There just, there isn't that like, again, like I think they get the wrong details. Because if they said a little bit more about what this terrorist group did, and like you just said, if they if they were able to give a little bit more context into why they're you know so much against um, you know people of the Jewish religion, like that that would have given us a little bit more emotion to stand by the movie. It would have given us a little bit more suspense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because think- instead, we just see the guy like pistol whipping everybody. Yeah, yeah. As he walks down the aisle, it was tough to watch. I- yeah, he, he, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, I, and I think, I mean, like, you know, it, I, I think the main problem with this movie is, is it's kind of like, it takes itself, like, super, 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 super serious for, like, the first hour and whatever, and then there's, like, guys riding on motorcycles that have, like, rocket launchers on the front of them for, like, the last, like, 45 minutes, so it's, like, it, it's very, to me, it was very tonally weird that it was, like, this kind of, like, like you said, hard to watch serious hijacking movie for, like, and boring for like an over an hour because I don't I don't think yeah. the first real action sequence is until almost like an hour and like I don't know half an hour and a half into the movie. There's like that car chase which is like maybe an hour and fifteen in, but like the real action doesn't kick off, and so and that is just like over the top kind of stuff. So it's like it's very to me like tonally like well, what are you going for with this, you know? Yeah, this movie goes total A-team fast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it absolutely does. But it's weird, though, because, like, all right, so they've got the Delta Force, right? And mm-hmm. they've got this mission to go save the people on the plane. And Chuck Norris is, you know, sitting at his house watching TV. Yeah, he's retired. He's retired. 
Maury yeah. quit or resigned because of that yeah. operation in the beginning. Yeah, he was upset about the operation, yeah. and so he's like, I'm done. And then, like, five years later. So then, you know, out of nowhere, this is what gets him out of bed to come help out? <laughs> yeah, and they all know he's going to show up, too, which is crazy, too, because they're like, oh, he'll be here. And then he shows up, and they're like, get on the plane. We got your gear. And it's like, well, can you re- can you rejoin the military that fast? Well, and not only that, it's like... <laughs> So, what happened to all the other? I, I presume they've been on other missions at some point in the over the five years. Would they oh, yeah. would they stand around and wait for him then too? And like he wouldn't show up, <laughs> and then this time they're like, "Hey, he's definitely coming this time." There's yeah, like exactly. a montage of different missions where they're like, "He's probably coming back this time," and then he doesn't. Yeah, I think there's different montages too that he's in his house eating his sandwich. But then, you know, when he watches other bad news on TV, he just takes a sandwich and goes back up, back to his couch to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. But this time around, he carefully dropped his sandwich, calmly put his coat on, and just walked out his door. Yeah, but Lee Marvin knew. <laughs> Lee Marvin knew he was coming this time. Yeah, it's true. You know, and of they, course, they, and of course, he knows exactly where the where the where the secret military Delta Force is, <laughs> so yeah. he knows how to get there. <laughs> and then I love how he just like he just pulls right up to the front of the jet. Like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, man, they are loading a lot of like dune buggies and motorcycle for an airplane hijacking into this plane. Like, they just kept driving <laughs> stuff up. I'm like, aren't they? They're going to stop a hijacking. Why do they need so many motorcycles? Yeah. You know what? Though, turns out they did. <laughs> well, yeah, it's well, true. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you, did you get the ones with the blue headlights? Yeah, we got the blue headlights. Don't worry. <laughs> and that's my other thing, too, is is at the point that the Delta Force starts operating, how do you know that you need the Delta Force yet? Because, like, in real life, they had landed in Uganda, and there were the hostages on the ground. But when in the movie... The hijack just happened. So the plane is still in the air. Like, what is the Delta Force going to do in the air? Yeah, I don't well, know. I, I think they just assumed that it was going to land because, remember, like, they're, I mean, they, they talk about, like, their original plan is like, all right, you're going to storm this part of the plane and this part because they, they thought there were only two terrorists on board. But, yeah, I don't know why you activate them when you don't know that it's going to land or well, where it's going to land. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not like they can just hop on a plane and like circle around until they figure out where they're going to land. They've got all this gear. They've got to calculate how much fuel they need. They have to file, file some kind of flight plan. They have to make arrangements to get to where they're going. They can't just, you know, they can't just hop in a plane and say, "Eh, let's see where this takes us. Yeah. Yeah, The timing, (laughs) the timing made no sense because I mean, they're crossing the Atlantic ocean and it, it seems like for <laughs> for the hijacked plane to get to Athens to Algiers, that's like an hour flight. All right, that's not oh, that yeah. far. But to get to wherever they are in North America to fucking Africa, apparently took the same amount of time to do it. Yeah, maybe that Delta Force plane was uh, maybe maybe it was some, just like a some secret. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, some kind of subsonic plane, guys. Uh, guys, I want to. I want to mention something I forgot until I saw it in the note that I written. When Chuck Norris shows up and they're like, "Oh, well, we're we're glad that you came," and Lee Marvin is like, "Because I had a, a presidential decree that was ordering you back to duty." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's a good thing you showed up, or he's going to be forced to go with them. 
And, and I wrote down in my notes here too that the the commentary, the dialogue, plays off like a GI Joe cartoon. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is so bad. Like there's like one like when he gets reintroduced to everybody, one person doesn't know who he is. He's like, "Do you know who this guy is?" <laughs> and then and then Chuck Norris is like, you know, I don't want to have to carry your ass again. And they all go, because <laughs> it was the guy that he saved in Iran that was there again. Yeah, the guy that he got out of the, uh, the helicopter. Pete! Yeah. yeah, meanwhile, the Delta Force theme song is playing for probably the fifth time <laughs> at that point. <laughs> no, don't do that, please. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I mean I I, don't, I mean like it's hard to kind of walk through the plot of this because it's, like you said the first oh. hour is just so boring and it's just the plane and stuff so I mean like I feel like it's really I mean like once it picks up and once like Delta Force is like going into where are they where do they go in to get these guys yeah, out of? I, I'll say it well I'd say I guess it picks up a little bit when the plane first lands in Algiers because they have a plan in place that they're gonna storm the plane. Right. right. So Chuck Norris is one group. I think they're they're in the tanker truck, right? Mm-hmm. And then the is it the old man? No, the old man's kind of staying back for that yeah, one. Lee Marvin's it's, staying back. Yeah, he's, it's he's the black poor. guy. Yeah. That, yeah, the black guy that's helping out Chuck Norris. He leads the other team, mm-hmm. and they're and just in a uh, yeah yeah. And so they're in the other team. And yeah, one one team's going to go to the front of the plane. The other team's going to go to the back of the plane. Um, but then what they didn't know is that a whole bunch of new terrorists hopped on board the plane while it was uh, landed. And so the Delta Force thought it was only going to be like two or three people that they were going to have to take down. Once they find out it's actually more like 12 or 15, yeah, Lee Marvin then wants to call off uh, the attack, but they turned, they went radio silent. So then he's like honking his horn, if that's right. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> What's that's real inconspicuous. And that's his way to get the attention that, hey, we're not doing this. But then that also gets the attention of the hijackers. And that's when they, and yeah. so th- is that when they shoot the guy? That's that is that- where they shoot the one guy from the, there were three guys from the Navy, Navy that yeah. were on the plane. And yeah, they beat the shit out of the one guy and then they yeah. just shoot him right on, right at, you know, right outside Which, the plane and he falls to the ground. That part's true, right? That is true. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. That was yeah, that actually did happen. But, yeah. But was it true that skinny Jason Manzukis got on the plane? <laughs> Because that's what that one guy in the white suit looked like. He looked like now, was that, Jason Manzoukas. Now, was that the guy from the beginning of the movie who yeah. couldn't get on the flight? Yes. It, it was. He was, on the flight? It was. Yeah, it was going to be three hijackers, but it was only two. And I guess that's also uh, that was also true in real life, too. One of the hijackers couldn't get on the real plane. Okay. So, yeah, it took me a minute to figure that out, too. But then it's like, how did he get to Algiers before the plane did? Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, how, how did he get there? That's fair. Uh, so, so then the plane takes back off, right? 
Yes. And, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's correct. Oh, wait, can we, can, we, can we mention something too? I want to like because it comes up in this when this like botching, but like Delta Force has like a video phone. <laughs> like, like yeah, this is 1986, and they have a video phone that they're like talking to people. I just like thought that that was wild that they had a video phone. We don't have. Well, I mean, I guess we do have them now, but like they didn't have them back then. Anyways, um, hey, the Delta Force must have right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the plane takes back off, and they're they're heading to Beirut, so they're going to Lebanon. And yes. um, it also kind of seemed I don't know I couldn't really quite the the Lebanese government I guess seemed okay having the plane land. That's what I couldn't figure out. It's like, well, was the terrorist group they were Lebanese, they were a Lebanese terrorist group, weren't they? Yeah, in the movie they were, <laughs> and then okay. and, and and again the the hijackers kept the the pilots, the American pilots, and so the American pilots were requesting to land in Beirut, and they were telling them like we're being hijacked, they want to land here, and they were like giving them a hard time, but then yeah, there was the whole like okay, so was the government then not supporting these hijackers, which then you would be sending off that entire plane to its death. Well, what it, I thi- it, none of that made any sense. Well, what, I think happened, what I think happened was the tower itself, because they radioed the tower, the tower yeah. was denying them. And then the military showed up and said, Oh no, no, let these people land. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of confusing. I, I, I will agree with that. Um, yeah, because they, 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 it is weird. It seemed like there was almost like a time jump because they like land in Beirut, but then we cut to like Delta Force and they're like running training exercises in Israel. In a plane, which yeah, the plane <laughs> already landed. So that didn't make any sense to me either. So, but, so basically like the, the, Israel, they have like a guy on the inside who we find out is like this priest. So they like um, Pete and Chuck Norris go in right to kind of scope out and figure out what's going on and where they have all the hostages and stuff like that. Um, And that's kind of where we get like the first it's an hour and 14 minutes in. I marked it down. That's where we get like the first kind of action sequence, which is like with the car chase where like they're chasing them in like the van and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Um. But then, like, their, their van breaks down, and at that point, they have the information, and they're sending a Delta Force, because, like, they're like, well, the Jewish hostages are here, and all the other hostages are here, and there's still people on the plane, so they got, like, all the stuff they're trying to do. Like, Chuck Norris, they magically meet up with the Delta Force boat somehow. Like, I don't know how they know where they are, but they're just, like, on the beach, and then the boat's out there, and they're, like, signaling them with a light, right? Yeah, yeah essentially, I have no idea. <laughs> and, and, then, then, that, and then I asked, how did the jeeps and the bikes get onto the onto the beach? I do not know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because the ship dropped them off pretty far out into the water. Yeah, that's true. So there's no way that any of that any of those vehicles would have made it onto the shoreline. No, they're not amphibious. <laughs> no, they're, they're, not. They're, they're there are no amphibious motorcycles. Yeah, but but hey, we get we get the zoom ins on the patches of yeah, they, the red, they white, and blue. Stick, they all stick patches. I'm like, I thought you had to sew patches on the thing. No, no, they put the patch. Those patches are Velcro. However, oh, okay. however, why would they put them on when they get there? Wouldn't it make more sense for them to take them off so that they didn't yeah. know they were part of the American 
forces? Well, I don't, I don't know, because my next note after the patches is that they're not stealthy at all. Like, I, I said it's like a parade when they're driving through the town <laughs> yeah. with all their vehicles and motorcycles and everything. I'm, I'm glad to know that, that Chuck Norris's idea, if this was, you know, to fix the real-life situation, is that he wouldn't have been stealthy about it at all. He would have gone fucking guns blazing hot. Can I, can I tell you what? I mean, like, I have a lot of problems with this movie, but one that really particularly drove me crazy was all the, like, foreign dialogue without subtitles. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't even... It wasn't even like it, it was like it was like they're talking about something we should hear what we you know we need to know what they're saying and no subtitles. It drove me crazy. I no, forgot it's about a that. huge. That's right. I it really upsets me because I, I it's done deliberately and and honestly I think it's a way to try to dehumanize these these villains these enemies. Yeah. You know it's it's a period of the 1980s. It's still. You know, it's it's Reaganomics. It's all that kind of stuff that's going on here. I mean, that's very, very blatant that they're doing that, which, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. So that's when, like, the huge rescue operation starts, and they storm the bad guy's uh, base. And I, I will say this. I have a note here that says, motorcycles have missiles on them? Fuck this movie. <laughs> from, from and back missiles, we find out. Yeah. yeah but I like, he asked missiles that guy to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he asked missiles the other cars at the very end that are yes. trying to catch up to the plane. Oh, my God. I will, which I will say no aim or direction. Somehow <laughs> they, they nail their target perfectly. I did enjoy when he killed that guy who was hiding under the bed. He was like, sleep tight, sucker. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Which is like uh, that guy was hiding under the bed. How did? Uh, anyways, I don't want to get into it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. but yeah, because then like so they're storming, they're rescuing the hostages, and of course some rocket launchers show up in this because it, because I feel they like had it, a bunch of leftovers from Invasion USA. <laughs> um, the hosh, uh, the hostages get rescued. They go to like save work. The Jewish hostages are being held in a different spot, but like they go to save them there, and they're not there. Um, so they find out that they're like moving them like down the road or something. So they like they're like, well, we're gonna go intercept them. But then like Chuck Norris somehow beats everybody there and intercepts them. I wrote down. He says to Bobby that they're gonna do a surprise. But then it's not a surprise because, like you said, they're waiting for them in the middle of the street. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part where, like, they literally have, like, I don't know, less than a minute before these bad guys arrive, but he runs into the building. <laughs> then they're standing in the street, both with rocket launchers. <laughs> and then yeah. the entire bad guy base blows up. And it's like, how did you have time to rig that whole thing to blow like that? I completely forgot these, about that. It's these two guys, but we find out, like, there's like hundreds of enemies just just pouring out of these jeeps and trucks. Like it's like Chuck Norris and Bobby literally against like 200 people. And yeah. they look like a swarm as they're going after them. But, yeah, but, they, but Chuck Norris and Bobby fucking destroy all of them. Yeah, they get scared when the building blows up and they all like run away. Yeah, yeah, that's because it goes on the side. Chuck's shooting grenade launchers at <laughs> um, and I and I do I do like the fact that like because um, like uh, during the operation like Pete gets shot, which is like out of all the stuff that goes on, there's one guy in Delta Force that gets shot and injured the whole time. Yeah, 
which is like okay um because then like so they meet up with the caravan that has the the jewish hostages and they kind of save them and chuck goes after abdul and he just like beats the shit out of him (laughs) he beats the fucking shit out of him for like two minutes straight it is so excessive oh yeah it's like like, why are you doing this but then he's still alive so i guess that's the just Justification to be beating him senseless for two minutes yeah. straight, and that's when he's in the car, and that's where I have I have the note that says blows him up with a missile from the tailpipe of his motorcycle. <laughs> that motorcycle is straight out of James Bond, right there. Oh, <laughs> you know it might be better than any James Bond motorcycle. <laughs> and that's and that's what I'm saying is like the the, the 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 weird tonal shift of this movie from like we're taking ourselves very seriously to like now like Chuck Norris is blowing up people with like a motorcycle that shoots bombs out of the back of it. It's like <laughs> what? Uh, while saying sleep tight, sucker. Sucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I can't remember. Does he say anything when he. Oh, no, he doesn't. I wrote it down. So he when, when he's beating the shit out of Rafi, they keep zooming in to Chuck Norris with like these weird, creepy stares into the camera type of deal. Because then when it looks like that Rafi is going to like get his gun and try to shoot him. He gets another stare, and then, yeah, just out of nowhere, that rocket launcher just, it shocked me. I, like, moved out of my seat, because I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It comes out of nowhere. (laughs) It's also... And and Chuck Norris is perfectly calm when he does it, too. I think that's the other part that's so good. It's like, he fucking shoots the thing, and he's just, he is as calm as the other side of the pillow. Calm um, as the other side of the pillow. <laughs> I think I'm cool. Cool as the other side of the pillow. No, I know what he meant. Yeah. So, so Delta Force goes to the airport where they're still holding like the the pilots of the plane hostage. Just, and so they like kill a bunch more terrorists. Um, and they're like, they're like, all right, we're taking the plane off. And like Chuck Norris isn't there, and Lee Marvin's like, no, we're going. But then he shows up on his motorcycle, and he loves doing wheelies. He does so many wheelies when he's on that motorcycle. Yeah. He so. Does. He does some more wheelies. He takes out some jeeps, um, and he like gets on the plane. That like they throw a rope down, and he like jumps on and like climbs up and gets in the plane. And they like take off, and everyone's happy. But then like the bad news is Pete got shot, and like he dies. But everyone else is drinking buds and singing "America the Beautiful." <laughs> And then, like, the, the plane arrives back in Israel, and, like, all the hostages get off, and they're, like, reunited with their family, and everything's great. But then, like, Delta Force kind of gets off, like, solemnly, and, you know, they're Tad Pete's body, and they all load on the plane, and it seems really kind of sad. But then, like, the plane starts taking off, and, like, everyone's waving to him, and they play that damn music again. <laughs> it's really kind of a sad ending, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean, his partner dies. The guy that he saved in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The only the only casualty of Delta Force when probably like, I don't know, two hundred terrorists got killed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it yeah. And that, that's the end of it. I mean it seemed like a short description, but again, I mean there's it's it, it would be impossible to go through that first hour beat by beat because it's it's incomprehensible. Yeah. And, like and it was just like it would bore people would turn the podcast off if we tried to explain everything. It's basically Abdul. It's basically Abdul like art, like ordering people to do things on the plane. Go to the front of the plane. Close the blinds. Give me your passports. 
And they beat the shit out of that Navy guy with a uh, arm of the chair, which is brutal. Yeah. But don't forget, the, the Navy guy helps him out when Chuck's having a lot of trouble with that guy driving the truck. <laughs> he, like, climbs over the top and is like, hey, can I help? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and, and we get this whole side story that the stewardess was German and she didn't want to oh, do the yeah. Jewish thing because Ingrid. of yeah, because of the Nazi concentration camps. And it was like, what, what is going on here? Yeah, it you was, know, because she was getting slapped around too because she wasn't doing what what they said she had to do. Yeah, it was. It, it uh, yeah, this is. It was a weird movie. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Uh, do we have any role reversals? I knew of one. I didn't know if you checked it out, though. No, I didn't see any. Did you have, who'd you have? Yeah, the only, the, the role reversal I found was instead of Lee Marvin, it was going to be Charles Bronson. Uh, oh, I did see that. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. But he was too busy doing Death Wish 4. (laughs) So I don't really know how he, if that turned out better or worse for him. But yeah, yeah, who knows? Probably the same. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of extra, like, I didn't find a lot of extra trivia or facts. I think I, I think one of the things I said was that uh, Chuck Norris's son was in it, right? He played one of the Navy guys, I think. Yeah. Eric Norris. That's two movies back to back starring Eric Norris. Yeah, he played one of the Navy guys. So I think that was the only other like real fact that I found about this. So I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, that's, this movie. Yeah, let's just rate it. <laughs> All right. All right. Who wants to go? Go ahead. Uh, Sphinx, LPJ. I mean, I. I'll I go can f- go. All right, go ahead. All right, I, it, it's a bad movie. It is. <laughs> well, don't miss any words. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie. It's a and and I don't know. I don't. I don't like to get political on this show, but I mean, there is some very. There's a lot of pandering of the the era of which this movie comes out. You know, it's it's very anti-Muslim. It's dehumanizing them. It's trying to act very patriotic, but not patriotic in a good way, in my opinion. You know, but but again, like, you know, the, the era of the film, the 1980s, yeah, I can see how this reached certain demographics of people that this was white and blue and all that kind of stuff. It it almost felt like a propaganda film to me. Um, But even besides the political stuff of it, it just wasn't an enjoyable movie. Like without having to throw all those other Mm -hmm. things in there, the first half of this movie is boring. And the second half, I mean, the action is fun, but it's bizarre and bonkers. And just the craziness that we saw from invasion USA. So this, this is getting, I'll give it one machine gun. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. uh, yeah, I'll go next. And and like, I I agree with basically everything you, you, you said, Sphinx. And this is, I mean, I don't know what this is. I know the exact count. Let's say I've watched like 
50 movies for this podcast. This is this was my least favorite one by far. I did not enjoy watching this at all. And it, 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 the problem, I think, is like, it, it, not that Invasion USA was a good movie, but that was a lot more fun. It was short. It was all action. This movie was so long, like we talked about, and so boring and uneventful for, like, so much of its runtime that by the time like the ridiculous action started, I was over it. And the, the, the and like I said, the only thing that I kind of thought was good was the at, at the beginning was the Alan Silvestri score. But then I got so sick of hearing it. I just there was and it was just totally weird. Like I said, it was it it was too dumb to be taken as serious as it wanted to be, but it was also too serious to just be like a dumb, fun watch. You know, like you said, it was very uncomfortable and some of the stereotypes and all that stuff was not, you know, it just, it, yeah, I'm, I'm one machine gun as well on this. Yeah. This movie, a doesn't age well. No, um, no B is way too long and parts of it are hard to watch and not just hard to watch in the sense of like, there's some stuff happening that's kind of uncomfortable, but it's hard to watch because like it's boring. It's just yeah. it's a hard movie to watch, and, and you're absolutely right. It's an action movie for half of it, and the other half is like I don't even know if it's a movie. It's, it's <clears throat> what, what, Invasion USA. I I enjoyed a lot more because it was so over the top and so ridiculous. That it was enjoyable. This, yeah, and that yeah, this has it could, none it, of that. That movie knew that it was ridiculous, and it was kind of reveled in it. It was like we're not taking ourselves seriously. Where this movie takes itself very seriously, and it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. So yeah, this is a one machine gun at best movie. Yeah, like this is, <laughs> I'm gonna give it one machine gun only because the the ass missiles and <laughs> I totally agree. And that's the ass it. missiles give it one machine gun. Yes. Otherwise, they would get like half or zero. I, I'm giving it one machine gun for sleep tight, sucker. Yeah, <laughs> this is a this is a this is an ass missile special one machine gun. Yeah, for sure. So oh boy, God, this movie. gosh. Oh, fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I literally, like, I told you once, but three times in my movie, in my notes, I wrote, fuck this movie. And I think, like, three times I wrote, I hate this movie in my notes. Just cause, and, like, you know that I always watch movie these movies, and, like, I, I space them out. I never sit down. I think it took me, like, four different segments to get this movie done yeah. because it was, like... It was that hard for me to swallow. So I can't even recommend people watch this movie just for fun. Oh, absolutely not. I don't I recommend this at all. Like Invasion USA, I will recommend people see the movie because it is a oh, yeah. ridiculous train wreck. Because it's, it's, yeah, and it's short. It was like an hour and a half, you yeah. know, and it like moves by and it's basically all uh, action sequences. But this, yeah, you couldn't be like, oh, sit down and watch it because if you sit through an hour and a half of it, you'll see some action. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, don't. Don't see this movie. It's not worth your time. Don't even fast forward it. Just watch something else. <laughs> agree. A hundred percent agree. Man, we, we have been burned twice by Chuck Norris. Now. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Next time one of you guys is like, oh, maybe we should do a Chuck Norris movie. I'm going to be like, I'm skipping that. Section. <laughs> yeah. uh... and, unless it's Top Dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I am skipping that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, you're going to miss out. It's going to be the best Chuck Norris movie we do. That's not saying much. Uh, well, that's fair. <laughs> not right now, it's not. Because I'm pretty sure we averaged one and a half machine guns for Invasion USA. You know what? We Retroactively, we should probably go rate that one higher now. Well, yeah, I, if we had I known. don't know. I don't think we should. That, that, that movie was still shit. I remember Hovercraft Joe was pissed at Invasion <laughs> USA. Like, you were legit. Like, you usually keep it together, but you were angry when we had to talk about that movie. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, like, I then moved, but then, but now that this one's here, we didn't know that it could go lower. Because that, like I said, that one at least was fun to talk about, and it wasn't long. I think the only other movie that I probably disliked almost as much as this one was the uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Did I get the number right? Assault on Precinct 13? But at least that one was short. That was barely an hour and a half. So it's like if a if a movie I don't like is short, I can put up with it. But if you're going to be an over two hour runtime, like. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's, we're done. Let's yeah. let's do the thing where we talk about other stuff. Yeah. Yep. Sphinx. So yeah. So gate. We are part of the Gamesilla Media Network uh, with podcasts. Uh, almost every day of the week. So we've got. Uh, I thought that month- was the. I thought that was the end of your statement with podcast. <laughs> That's it. Just podcast. Yeah. Check them out. I'm done. No, Mondays is us, obviously, uh, and then Tuesdays you've got the Gamezilla podcast on current gaming news. They also stream on Mixer uh, Monday nights. Uh, Wednesday we've got Noobs and Dragons that uh, has LPJ and I on a campaign, or even a side campaign right now. Uh, Thursday's Legend of Retro, which is retro video gaming, and then Friday is Noiseland Arcade, our Simpsons podcast that we have. They're on Sundays. Um, oh, they are on Sundays. I'm sorry, <laughs> my fault. Well, they're also on hiatus currently, but for that show, it doesn't really matter if they're on hiatus because you can go back and look at those episodes whenever you want. Um, so yeah, there is tons of podcasts that you can check out and enjoy. If you want to talk to us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can check us out on our discord as well, which is through the games of the media network. All can, that is found at games of media.com. You can email, oh, yeah, us. email us. Last action podcast at gmail.com. I thought it was, and, I, th- I thought it was, but is it podcast? I yeah. thought it was last action. No, it's, something it, else. it's last action podcast at gmail.com. I had to look it up because uh, uh, I forgot what I said it at. Okay. Well, we've now confused our listeners, so that's not happening. It is, it is last action podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I will be the one answering the emails. So feel free to shoot me an email. Yes, <laughs> and I'm usually the one that responds to the social media. Um, but if you want to support us even further, Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Media. We've got a $1 and a $5 tier, and the $5 a month tier, we actually do a bonus show for you every month yeah, we're about where to we talk about <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff. Yep. Yep. So check us out. Give us some support. Uh, you know, give us a nice review on whatever uh, system you're using to check out the podcasts. We would really, really appreciate it. And thanks for all the supporters and everyone that listens and the patrons we have now. We, uh, you know, we, we, we love the support and we love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. All right. I'm done talking. (laughs) That being said, this episode of the last action podcast has been terminated.
But. Hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. I'm not even. I'm not even editing this shit now. We're Let's keeping it. it. I just want to clarify. I thought the way it was supposed to work is that you say this last action podcast has been terminated. Sphinx says but, and then I say we'll be back. But then, like, I never hear the but, and I don't know if it's coming. I said the but that time. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna rocket launcher ass missile butt you right now. All right. So all right. Chuck Norris ass. <laughs> Let's try it one more time. LPJ, say your part. We'll do it right this time. All right. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>